0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris, and I am the District and County Superintendent of Schools. And today we are going to talk a little bit about calendars. That's an exciting topic. (laughs) No, actually, calendars are are pretty integral and and, and important, uh, not only to what we do as a school, but to our community. Um, One of the things that I tell folks all the time is when you look at a a county the size of ours, about 4,500 students attend uh, public schools in Del Norte County. We only have 28,000 residents in the county. If each of those students has on average 1.5 parents um, and you start doing the math and then you think that that half of those parents are working at businesses, the calendar of a school can drive the rhythm of this entire county over the course of a year so joining me today are colleen parker our director of human resources and charlene Maisie. uh what what district are you with charlene i
1: am uh, area four
0: area four board member for both the district and the county um so thank you both for joining me and so let's talk calendars so um just when we start off with the calendars colleen this year we did something different because typically we develop a calendar that looks just like last year's calendar. We we send it to our bargaining units, to the Del Norte Teachers Association, to um, the California School Employees Association, and say, is there any what are there any thoughts? What do you guys think? And then we take it to the board. The board approves it. This year we did it different.
2: Yes, so the board asked us uh, last year actually to make sure that we had three calendars out so that we always have three years of calendars for families for our employees so everybody knows what's going to happen because as you mentioned the community does run around the school calendar in a lot of ways so uh, because four thousand kids it impacts so it impacts a, a small community like ours but. So the board asks that we uh, get some community input specifically around the Thanksgiving break that has traditionally been a whole week off. Um, Is that still necessary? Is that what they want? And Easter break, do you really want that attached to... Uh, Easter holiday, or or can that week be at a different uh, time? The spring break be moved around. So we put out a, a large survey to the community, and we got over three hundred responses about uh, Thanksgiving and spring break and and the Easter holiday. And internally, we put the uh, same similar response out to our uh, classified and certificated staff. And we also created a calendar committee, so we had a classified certificated staff calendar committee that looked at all the input from the community, from all of the staff, and then really had a good discussion around what was important for education and what we needed to make sure uh, was in place for families, for students, for teachers, for our classified staff. So. Uh, quite a big process in creating calendars, but it hasn't been done in a long time. So it was, it was really a good process to go through so that everyone understood why we were doing things the way we were. And so we're, we're pleased with what the calendar committee came up with. So, Charlene, I have to ask,
0: what did you think the survey was going to tell us? Did, did you have any preconceived ideas about what we were going to hear from the community or from uh, staff members about the calendar?
1: I, I really didn't have any ideas. I'm always curious to hear what everybody else is thinking about stuff, because I know, you know, I'm not only a board member, but I'm also a parent. Mm-hmm. So it, the calendar affects how we do things and when we plan to go places and not go places. So um, I was very interested to see what the results were, um, but I really didn't have any ideas about what it might um, what it might come out as. Um, my, the most interesting one was the spring break question because yeah. the, the results for, for Thanksgiving were kind of expected. Everybody likes that week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think everybody needs that yeah, week. Yeah,
1: everybody needs that week.
0: So, you know, it, let's just kind of back it up a little bit and let's talk about the three things that we either talked about kind of internally or, or reached out about. Um, you, you've both mentioned kind of that that spring break, winter break not spring break, the um, uh, Thanksgiving break, winter break piece, also spring break, and we'll get to those. But we, we've we always talked about the beginning of school, right? Because uh, I've been in other school districts where we've started the first week in August, where we've started kind of the middle of August, or we've started after um, Labor Day. And this is probably mm-hmm. the most... I'll say in air quotes, traditional school calendar I had ever been a part of when I came here um, because we started so close to Labor Day. Most other schools in the state start way earlier. Um, so I know, Colleen, that you and I have had conversations about always starting the last full week in August, um, but that's not necessarily what came out of this calendar conversation. So what 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 is that kind of one of the things that i had had asked them to do charlene and i don't know if i shared it with you as a board was come up with some predictability about how a calendar would be
2: made right so what came up with how school starts so we talked a lot about that um should we have that first full week and then we looked at three years out and what that would look like Mm -hmm. and when staff would come back and it fluctuated quite a bit when we talked about, let's have school the entire last week of August, the last full, the week, last of full week of August. Yeah. So what we landed on or what they landed on was to start the last Monday in August, because that kind of kept some consistency for families and staff about school starting and when they had to return. Because as we know, the, st- the staff has to come back prior to students, Right. Um, so there was some a lot of conversation around that and the fact that if we make it the last Monday of August, always, that's something consistent for families. But it's also more consistent um, within how August f- rolls out in from year to year. So, so that, I mean, that's kind of interesting because I think what, what
0: we found was that if we do that last full week in August is we would have staff coming back sometimes the second week
2: mm-hmm. of yeah, August. Yeah, it pushed, them, pushed the start of staff way way different each year. And right. so it was that, that piece that really made us go, okay, we really need to do the last Monday of August. Well, and we find, too, that we
0: get families, even when, even starting when we start, they don't come back with their children until after Labor Day anyway. And many times their child has missed five days of school before they ever attend their first day.
2: right.
1: And and I just have to say, I did find that interesting because back in the dark ages when I was going to school, we always started the day after Labor Day. So I think that maybe some people that still feels like when school's supposed to start. So having that reasoning for why we why we do what we do is always a good thing.
0: Well, and I went to school outside of California and all of our schools were Labor Day to Memorial Day. That was the school year. Right,
2: mm, right, mine yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, my experience as well. So yeah. I think that changed about eight years. We moved it prior about eight years ago, prior to Labor Day here. Yeah, and yeah, I think it was right before I came. Yeah. There had been a discussion. There had been a discussion. Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: wow, why do you guys do it so late? And you were like, well, we actually we just made it earlier. Just moved <laughs> a little <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, so Charlene, you had brought up uh, Thanksgiving, right, and, and and Christmas winter break, so when we we roll in so now that we know it's the first month or the i'm sorry the last monday in august is our first day of school um and you know we always get some new things thrown at us so veterans day a few years ago um we were told had to not be on a monday or a friday it had to be, actually be on the 11th of november so we know that that's kind of inconvenient for for families because that can be a Tuesday or it can be it could be a Monday or Friday, um, but then we roll into Thanksgiving, and again talking about in the Dark Ages, uh, when when were you used to getting off for Thanksgiving at schools that you'd gone to?
1: We had Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving, and that was it. Yeah. So coming into having a full week was um, a little surprising. Uh, it's nice now that I'm used to it. But yeah, it was it was just Thanksgiving and the day after.
2: Yeah. And and Colleen? Same as me as a kid growing up. We always yeah. had just had the two days. Well, we, we thought it was something unique when
0: we got that. For the first time they gave us the half day off on Wednesday. On Wednesday mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a minimum Ooh, day. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think one thing that came out during conversations with staff and with families was really there is a value to having that full week of Thanksgiving off, right?
2: Yes, right. Lots of lots of folks travel mm-hmm. um, in and out of here, so we want to make sure they had that time. So that that came out uh, with both the community and with our calendar committee and all of the input that we had. They really do believe that full week off is really important for families.
1: And I really do think you know because we do we travel also, so having the full week is is really nice. But I also think when you have super short weeks, like you're only there for a couple of days. I'm not sure that anybody's head is really in the game anyway. And so just acknowledging that we need that week off and, and let's start again the the following week, um, kind of takes that pressure off of having to, having to pay attention for Monday and Tuesday and part of Wednesday. And, um, you know, we just clear our minds and restart the following week well and you know the
0: other thing too since since i moved here and out of the three of us around the table I, i'm the newest entry into the area um but since i moved here we're we're, we're pretty isolated i mean if anybody listening hasn't noticed that um <laughs> we're, we're kind of isolated so even to get to someplace else if you're going to fly you're talking about a full day's flight or you're talking about a full day drive mm-hmm. and you do that coming and going mm-hmm. and it's more than just Thursday and Friday. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever been on I-5 on the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
2: crazy. It is not fun. <laughs> crazy.
0: Yeah. So, um, so, Charlene, from your perspective as a board member, that you you kind of feel that that week before Thanksgiving is, is or that week of Thanksgiving is really something that's necessary. Did, did any of your constituents, did you talk to folks about that? Did you hear the same sorts of things out and about?
1: I you know, I really didn't hear a lot about the calendar and and I wouldn't necessarily have expected to hear a lot about let's keep this the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't surprise me when that came out of, we're just going to keep it status quo. I think if we had said, oh, we're going to go back to you know just three days, I probably would have heard a lot about that. Probably
0: would have had a much, much uh, larger turnout at a board meeting, huh? Yes,
1: I think we would have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so I, I think the next thing, though, that really kind of was the next question was spring break. Mm-hmm. So um, spring break, a lot of folks refer to it as Easter break. When I was over in uh, the Valley, uh, working in Corning and and the Redding area, uh, around the time that I was down in there, the school districts over there had talked about um, uncoupling spring break and Easter. And I know that that was something that we put out in the survey, both to staff and to the community. And so, Colleen, can you kind of tell us the results and then charlene talk a little bit about when you were presented with um with the calendar what you weighed as as you made that decision
2: so when we put that out the survey out it was kind of interesting because um, i had had expected really the staff to be all the way with let's keep it attached to easter or let's let's split it off and it was very close actually um but what went out with the staff was was really uh separating and uncoupling uh easter with the the break itself so and then the community input was um similar to that where there was a little more uh, of the community wanting to keep it attached and connected to the spring break connected to easter so so that wasn't uh, a real surprise to us but there was A lot of conversation around that and the educational value of connecting or not connecting. Well, so if I can
0: just really quickly to talk about that educational value piece, I think one of the arguments that came out that the staff made was that every year we have to do state testing. State testing really opens middle of March-ish, somewhere in there, and um, because Easter is on more of a lunar cycle, than an actual set date on a calendar. Um, the start time of testing sometimes is before Easter, sometimes it's after Easter, sometimes it's coincides with Easter. Um, so I think, Colleen, what came out was if we set a week, then we always know when it is, and it gives our students time to focus, it gives our teachers time to prep, it gives us time to schedule our schools around what we need to do um, to more adequately and appropriately address the educational needs of kids.
2: Yes, and I we had a, a good group of elementary teachers uh, on the group on the calendar committee as well. And having been high school forever, I never really had the thought process of when you have a week off how much time it takes when the kids come back. When the little kids come back, they need a lot of time to retrain. It's not just kids. I was a junior high <laughs> teacher. Well, okay, junior <laughs> high. I, <just> I never <laughs> felt that way with high school students. I don't know. They kind of seem to roll back in and and it didn't seem to be as big a deal to them. But they were talking a lot about how long it actually takes for kids to get back into a routine and they have to actually retrain the routines. Mm-hmm. And if it's right in the middle of testing, now they, they've lost that time. And when you look at from the high school's pr- perspective that I knew, we also have AP testing in right, May. Right. We have no choice. That has to be done the two weeks in May. That There's no flexibility mm-hmm. there. And then you have your state testing and Easter in there and and once you start the state test you only have 10 days there's a 10-day window that the kid has to start and stop the test so then spring break in there really really gets it kind of muddy and it makes it really hard on our our kids at the high school level who have all of these tests and those are high stakes for them because if they do really well on their AP tests they can they can waive some college classes for oh, them. Exactly, so there's, yeah. there's monetary value to them and time. And then also, if they do well on their state tests, they can waive testing to get into college. So right. so it really matters to them that, you know, those things are, are set, the set, the testing is, gives them enough time so they're not burned out. And I think on the, with the younger students, too, it's also if we're forced to
0: test too early because of the way vacations fall, um... We're testing on a hundred percent of the curriculum seventy percent mm-hmm. in the seventieth percent of the year, so we haven't had an opportunity to actually teach everything that's on that test, which just creates more frustration for kids. oh, it does it's well and and I think it what it does too is it could also with more time to actually teach what's being in here again, don't get me wrong, I am not a proponent of teaching the test. But if it's a quality test, it tests skills that kids need and that kids should have been taught. And so if you're teaching to the test, you're teaching skills that they needed to have because the test is just testing what you were supposed to be teaching anyway. Um, So it gives more time to teach those skills Mm -hmm. so that kids are more successful. So Charlene, while while you were on the board, I know that you um, you and the other four board members were presented with kind of the calendars as a draft. Um, And the first time you you all saw the fact that um, the recommendation was to move or the recommendation on the the staff side was to move spring break back to a set time. And what was that finalized time, Colleen? The last week in March. So the last week in March. And then to have Easter fall wherever Easter fell. Um, What was your initial kind of gut feeling or what were your initial thoughts on that?
1: So um, I think that that's the biggest change to the calendar from what people are used to. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the part I think all, all five of us really thought about and, and we talked the most about that change. Um, and the survey results were, were not clear cut. There were a lot of people that, that wanted it to stay linked to Easter. And, and then, you know, it was a little more than 50-50 that way. Um, but but listening to those arguments that you were talking about, that the, the testing and the fact that it um, interferes with our ability to, to test the kids, really, which is what we're here for. We're here for education. Right. Um, that, that weighed very heavily in, in, I think, a lot of our thinking. Um, we also, for me, I have always felt that it's difficult to plan anything when you're not sure when spring break is going to be and it can be anywhere from late March to late April. So like mm-hmm. this year, it's the second week, I think, in April. And so you have to go, okay, well, can I, you know, can I make plans? Can I not make plans? And then something that Colleen said about coming back from spring break and the kids needing that time to kind of reset and get back into the, the swing of school, when you've got spring break in the middle of April they come back they're just starting to get into the swing you've got a month and a half and school is done and so it really makes that last part of school less valuable Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally I think moving it to the end of March really does make it um, a, a more reasonable time period between the winter break being done and we get another week off, and right. and that's a really long stretch to go without any breaks when you're when you're talking mid-April. Um, and I just I know we're we're probably getting short on time, but I really do want to emphasize we really did consider that that Easter weekend mm-hmm. and the fact that people do plan activities on Good Friday and. Travel a lot to be with family, and so we did ask the calendar committee. You know, can we make a long weekend out of it? Right. So um, they did the best they could with that, and so we tried to tried to split the baby a little bit and have it both ways. And um, but I really think for the academic success of the kids, I think that's really what swayed us to to adopt the calendar with the the last week in March as the spring break.
0: So. What we have is we've got the last Monday in August is the first day of school, all the time. The full week of of Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving break.
2: Um, spring break is always the last Monday of March, so oh. it's going to be the oh, same thing. It's the last, Monday, it's the of last March. Monday of Not March, the last full so it, it week. may roll into April, April but okay. it's going to be the last Monday of March. Okay. So, um, and then.
1: And then winter break is still the last two weeks in December. Is that correct? Well, winter break is tied to New
0: Year's I'm and s- Christmas. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And yeah. so
0: there's going to be some flexing in there because the way those holidays fall too. Uh, my wife loves it when Christmas falls at the end of the first week of vacation so that we have plenty of time to go shop and everything yeah, else. <laughs> but, because there have been those years where Christmas falls like on Monday oh, and yeah. you get off on Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got the weekend and nobody wants to go shopping in the weekend right mm-hmm. before Christmas. Um, so I think there's still going to be some fluctuation there. So um, those other three points, though, are pretty fixed. Um, Easter. So it, it, just talking about Easter weekend, I think one of the things that came up and we discussed it in public in, in in the board meeting was what does the travel look like over Easter? And I think Angela had said, you know, she talks to a lot of people and there really aren't a lot of folks just county-wide that travel a lot for the Easter holiday. They they do spring break, but it's not for the purpose of Easter. Um, but you're right, Charlene. And there was that conversation about what can we do to make this a little different. So, Colleen, can you talk about what Easter break or Easter weekend
2: will now look like? So we went back and looked. That was the the board's recommendation. Please go back and look at this. Is there any other way to, to make sure that that Friday... Uh, before Easter is is available and off. And so we went and looked and we looked at what that does and to the calendar overall. And, and we have to have 180 days of school. So that really kind of put a wrinkle in doing that. So what we landed on was make that Friday before Easter a minimum day. So that at least would give families time to travel after that, the end of that school, school but, day. But then the Monday after Easter. The Monday after Easter will also be available as a travel day if families are off and traveling because we will have our staff development day for teachers on that day. So there will be no school. So that's a non-school that's day a for non-school students. a non-school day for students. So that following Monday of Easter for the next three years will be a staff development day for our certificated staff. So that, that should help so uh, for fam- families.
0: So for families who do want to travel, they, they've they got half a day on Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, and then a travel day on Full Monday. Full day on
2: Monday. So, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: And then, like Colleen was saying, we have to have 180 days. So the last day of school is only dependent on the 179 days that come before it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The last day of school is the 180th day after all this stuff is said and done. So um, calendars are now approved. Right, Charlene? Yes. You guys gave those your stamp of approval? We gave those
1: our stamp of approval at our last meeting.
0: And um, if they're not currently posted, I don't think they are posted because I think we have a formatting issue that we're trying to work on right now. Yeah, that's fixed. So uh, they'll be shipped over to be posted. So they're ready to go. Perfect. So those should be up pretty soon. Um, And then I think the last thing that was both a really a desire of our staff, a desire of the board, was that we don't get in a situation again where we're living in the last year of our approved calendars. So from this point forward, what does it look like to make sure that we always have that third year? What, what, what steps are we taking?
2: So we will always have the calendar committee meet um, in early, late October, early November and create that third year out. So as next year falls off, then we're going to look at, we go at 25, 26. And so we'll look at that third year out so that we'll always have a calendar approved that third year out. So one falls off, we add the one as farthest out so that we maintain three calendars all the time. So we
0: are at the we are kind of at our limit. We're we're wrapping it up here. Are there any last thoughts that either of you have or would like to share with anybody regarding the calendar or or input that maybe they would have on our calendar for four years from now? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I I would just say, you know, reach out to us as board members, reach out to you as the superintendent and just, you know, let us know um, how things are working. We certainly want to know if if the changes that were made put a huge monkey wrench into things or if you like them. Um, So feel free to reach out. And then, you know, my word of advice, I sat down last night and as soon as we got the, the calendar for the new year and I went through the academic calendar and my board meeting calendar and it's all in my phone it's all on my calendar so now i know what to expect for the rest of the year and having that for three years out i think is going to make it a lot better for for everybody to be able to kind of plan their lives and figure out what they're what they're able to do so yeah and definitely the input, like like Charlene said, I think
2: that's really important for, you know, as you're living through these calendars to make sure that if there's things that come up that maybe we didn't think about or, or we need to know that we definitely want to hear from from whether you're staff members or parents, grandparents, somebody in the community, business members, you know, maybe right. maybe there's something that we hadn't really thought about that we need to know, and we certainly want people to reach out. And, and I'll just kind of finish it up by saying, you know, there are
0: some small details that are not in the calendars per se, um, like, you know, when are we going to have our weekly minimum days, um, some little bits and pieces like that, that we'll be working out that we'll be letting folks know, because I think that's the other piece, right? We've got childcare, we've got jobs, we've got different things that, that need to occur within our families. And... Um, We'll be most definitely pushing that information out to everyone as as soon as we have that nailed down. And I will just say, if um, you are not currently enrolled in school for next year and you are wanting to make sure you get all of this information, um, go enroll. Make sure we've got your most updated uh, email, home address, and phone numbers, because we send stuff out a variety of different ways. Um, and if you do have a child that's enrolled, make sure we have your most up-to-date email, phone number, <laughs> and home address uh, because we get an incredible amount of of information kicked back to us saying that it's in, incorrect. So, um, Charlene, Colleen, thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast. Uh, If you have any questions about our calendars, again, we hope to have those posted by the time you hear this, if not soon after, you can go to dnusd.org slash families. I think it'll take you to calendars there. Or if you go to dnusd.org on the bar across the top, calendars is the last button on the right. You can click calendars, drop down, click academic calendar, and they should all be posted right there. So um, thank you both again.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having us.
0: Have a great day.